Welcome to Concession Impressions, the show where we review a movie immediately after watching it. On today's episode, we are reviewing Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. The Netflix version. Netflix version. I am your host, Michelangelo White, and I am joined, as always, with the Geppetto of podcasting. I'm not sure I like that title. Chase. Yes, it's me. I build puppets. Anyways, a summary of this one. This is a Pinocchio, a retelling of the story of Pinocchio. And it is a story we've probably all heard before watching Disney's version, or maybe if you read the book or like the original story. This is a retelling version through the lens of Guillermo del Toro. This movie is starring uh, Ewan McGregor, Finn Wolfhard, Ron Perlman, David Bradley, Tilda Swinton, and a cast of others. I think it's a a really interesting cast. It is directed by Guillermo del Toro, who is a big co-directed. Correct, yeah, co-directed, and because it's also directed by Mark Gustafson. Yeah, the music was done by the same person who did. Fantastic Mr. Fox, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Part 1 and 2, The King's Speech, Imitation Game, Moonrise Kingdom, Isle of Dog. You know, French French Dispatch. I was actually going to say that, um, so he does a, he did a lot of music for Wes Anderson, and I think some of this actually felt a little bit along the line, lines of Wes Anderson's stop animation. Yeah, for sure. Similar to Isle of Dogs and Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think for some reason, whenever there were bombs falling, it particularly felt like Wes Anderson. Also, also like <laughs> the the, the scene with Mussolini. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where it's like a really, really long limousine. And then he's just like a little short, stubby guy who just like has to get carried out of the car. Uh, absolutely. It, it definitely has a, a touch of Wes Anderson-esque feeling. Although I wonder if that's not just because it's stop motion animation and there's really only two directors that kind of have stop motion animation heavily in their filmographies and that's wes anderson and tim burton yeah two two directors that you can name there are other directors obviously that do stop motion but Mm -hmm. big world famous directors i think feel very tim (laughs) burton-y definitely not i guess yeah i see what you're saying so i just want to ask you i guess to start off what would you rate this in terms of your ice screen measurement like would you recommend someone to go watch this i think i would i think it's pretty fun most of the time uh it drags a little at some point but i would say especially since it's a streaming movie on netflix if you have a netflix subscription watch it so two scoops you either have netflix subscription or you're already using someone's netflix subscription so i would say either one or two scoops for sure like if you're a fan of Guillermo del toro even a fan of like disney or pinocchio story or animation or animation then i think it's a it's a great watch yeah i mean i think overall it's you know why not especially over the holidays you're gonna have time you know just watch it two scoops one and a half scoops a scoop with with whipped cream and sprinkles. Yeah, and it is kind of a family movie, like a holiday family movie. <laughs> little yeah, dark. I mean, even though it's a little dark, it, there's nothing in it that's like gory or scary. Even though it kind of, there is definitely parts that I'm like, this feels 
so Guillermo del Toro, but it's not like going to give you nightmares kind of scary. So I wanted to add, like, you, you started talking about how it feels a little bit Wes Anderson-y. I kind of feel like it doesn't feel particularly Guillermo del Toro-y, at least oh, in really? its style. There's a few oh, little moments, like with the, the angel of death and the wood nymph character. Those feel classic Guillermo del Toro because they're like creatures I guess but the themes the themes are where it does feel Guillermo del Toro in terms of animation oh yeah I, I was gonna say the themes and I guess like design feels a little bit Guillermo del Toro like the designs the people I would say maybe not as much but definitely like the creatures and like I don't know what he, he has like a thing about eyes because right like the creatures have all these eyes and the little eye little creatures yeah eyes seem to represent like wisdom and years of life for him and i think like oldest most wise creatures in all of his mythos have tons of eyes yeah i mean i think those points and also like this film and also the shape of water had like a i kind of actually don't remember when shape of water took place was that like a world war ii movie as well i for, kind of forget I think it was world war ii he, he's very like in terms of his themes his themes oh, around cold war. war are it oh it was cold war as, yeah. as far as his themes around war goes there's usually an element of him criticizing fascism and he's criticized fascism in you know multiple of his movies probably most famously in Pan's Labyrinth, which is actually a very kind of sisterly tale to this story, I think, as it's directed mm. in this one. Because it's another one where it's like a child on a fantastical tale dealing with like wartime and in the middle of like a lots of adult problems. True. And yeah. there's lots of like family deaths and unwanted children. <laughs> there, yeah. There's I, a lot of crossover. Yeah, I think a lot of those like themes from his movies come up in this story i think it's kind of replacing some of the elements of pinocchio and replacing it with some of guillermo del toro's theme yeah but other than that i think a lot of the movie was i think very similar to the original like pinocchio or more in line with disney's retelling of the story of pinocchio it feels like this is guillermo del toro's version of disney's pinocchio Mm -hmm. the original disney pinocchio the hand-drawn one Mm -hmm. not the live action one (laughs) well speaking of that yeah let's let's get into spoilers really quickly because i want to start i want to pick that apart a little bit cool all right and then onward to spoilers spoiler spoiler all right, and we're back. Let's spoil this thing. I can't believe Jiminy Cricket died at the really beginning. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, um, did he? I don't no. remember that. <laughs> but I, I will say, though, that I did like the death in this, though. I thought that was, like, a really cool... Yes. I hate it when, when movies write around death. It, it, like, really cheapens all of the action. And I, I like his power of death, too, where he can... he's can never die die but every time he comes back he stays dead for a little bit longer which i think is like such a cool idea i liked it at first but i don't think it really went anywhere i mean i guess it 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 only helped out in the last plot when geppetto is dying and he has to save him right It, it only affected him then and in that moment it it kind of felt like oh okay that's how they're gonna you know give him mortality yeah it feels like that was the reason why it was created which kind of lessens how cool it is however nonetheless i think the that whole death power is 
really cool. It's a fun gimmick. What do you think about Geppetto's backstory? So I want to connect this to the Pinocchio we watched earlier, the Disney live action remake, because I guess they're both Pinocchios that came out this year. In the retelling the Pinocchio live action by Disney, they hint that Geppetto's family has died, right? And this one, they very clearly say that pretty much the wife has passed away and you watched the kid die. Uh, in the like first Disney one or the... Sorry, okay. sorry. In Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, you very blatantly see Geppetto's kid die. And you also, they Carlo. talk about how the yeah. mom is not is no longer in the picture. Yes. Although... What do you think about that? I, I like that we got to see it a little bit because it made... It, it sets up Geppetto's kind of predicament better and gives his journey a little more interest. But I think there's something really creepy about the way they animated Carlo that like really bothered me. So I was happy when he was gone. <laughs> so, so I also I didn't just watch the movie. I also watched the like 30 minute behind the scenes video. Yeah. And they they actually pointed out that they had the hardest time animating Carlo because he is kid and for the kid it's really hard to to do things so they had to like exaggerate things and kind of like really play with it um and yeah it looked a little weird at times it it, it literally disturbed me a little bit i don't know why but i found his puppet really creepy yeah also since you didn't watch that did you which one? Oh, the 30 minute behind the, scenes. Uh, behind the scenes no i didn't so the other thing that i kind of thought was interesting was there's different types of stop motion animation which i thought is how they did this entire film was they would replace like the face of the each model so this one was like, 3d printed so for pinocchio he was he was 3d printed and each face was printed and it's just would swap out the face however a lot of the other characters were like more animatronic oh and they would like move the face themselves and it would just be all one face that they would just like move their with their hand because it's a it's like a little robot inside the head they can like really change the face to how they want it uh, which i thought was pretty interesting i didn't i i i will say that i know very little about stop motion animation however just to watch that was really interesting really cool to see uh how far stop and stop motion animation has come besides carlo i think everyone else or a lot of the film looked really nice and a lot of the scenes looked really interesting and I thought the animation looked uh, really well done. Yeah, I think most of it was really, really great. Um, I had a weird visceral reaction to Carlo, but the rest of it I really enjoyed. I think the one thing that maybe I was maybe looking a little bit more for was, was a little bit more spectacle because that's the thing with animation is animation because it's you get to create every aspect of this world you can literally do anything there were moments where i felt like they really took advantage of that like with the the rabbits in the death world and the mountains of pine wood boxes which i thought was cool and then the uh god of death uh and the wood nymphs and the eyeball spirits and i think jimmy the cricket was really great and how everything he did was really animated really well but there was something like some of it just felt a little subdued in a way that I 
wasn't expecting. Well, because I think they also mentioned in the documentary thing that it was different groups from different parts of the country that would animate different characters. So like the Jiminy Cricket was all done by in Mexico. Um, and, Interesting. And like different characters were kind of given uh, to different teams, it seemed like. So like Pinocchio and, and, and Jiminy Cricket, I believe, were done in Mexico. Pinocchio had great movement as well. Yeah, so I think to go into it, actually, you're more of Guillermo del Toro's fan. I think you're, I think, like, I think, I remember you saying that he's maybe one of your top directors. Yeah, I mean, I typically love everything he touches. Typically, as in maybe this one is not that case. I think I may have such high standards for Guillermo del Toro that this one just falls slightly short. And so I'm judging it a bit harshly because I expected such magical things because I know he's done that before. Like, like Pan's Labyrinth is so ridiculously otherworldly at times. And this yeah. never feels like that, even though there are moments where they're literally in other worlds. There's like a flair that's like slightly missing for this movie that I'm used to with his films because his films always have such spectacular over the top not over the top, perfectly, perfectly over the top. I don't know how, how to describe that exactly, but perfectly over the top characters that mm -hmm. are have such great references in them. And this one definitely had some of those things. Like I love the, the Pinocchio puppet because I think there's like great references in that. I love the, the, the two gods we saw. I didn't really death. care for the whale. The whale thing was gross in like a weird way yeah well now i know you're on this you're over you're in the mid thought but i want to throw another wrench into your your thought yeah. if you don't mind go ahead do you think that the movie would have been better if it was not pinocchio but more of a pinocchio inspired story where he kind of did more liberty and kind of changing things like cause i feel like some main points are there because it's strict it's a Pin Pinocchio retelling do you think that it would have been better if like he would have strayed more from the original story and maybe would have just like cut that whole part out and like completely from like the second act on just like completely go off the rail and retell a whole new story perhaps I, I also that's another sort of problem I have with this is I'm, I'm not entirely clear on the message of this film it seems a bit muddled uh and not totally well told which again is so weird for Guillermo del Toro because he's usually a very clear storyteller and also Pinocchio has a very clear story like a message to the story it's a children's story about you know being Listening a good to your parents child yeah. yeah but I think this one kind of has an entirely different story to it where it, it's, it's almost about the opposite of that actually he's literally at the end rewarded for breaking the rules yeah because also he says how like sometimes it's it's there's like a, the whole talk about like when should you follow rules kind of thing right like even if you don't like the rules when do you go against it and also in a way it's like being human because like they talk a lot about like not really being a real boy, but like what he needs to do to 
to like become human in a way right which they yeah i mean they never really make him human and he doesn't they seem don't. like he he doesn't really want to be human in this one it, yeah which is also an interesting choice whereas like like at least the disneyfied version which is the only version of pinocchio that i'm prior familiar with he really very much wants to become the perfect son and become a human i i kind of feel like maybe maybe Guillermo del Toro and this other director and the screenwriters for this are maybe aligning that idea with some layer of fascism. You shouldn't be just blindly following orders, which I like, I, it's an appreciable message, but it's, it's, I don't know. There's, ah, I don't know. I'm just so used to like thinking Guillermo del Toro does everything so perfectly. And this one just like, it's feels like 75%. Wow. I think I will say that, from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like you're very, um, you're really disappointed in this film. But it's, it, I, yeah, I, I think I'm underwhelmed more than I am disappointed because I think it actually, if it, if Guillermo del Toro's name wasn't attached, I almost think I would forgive it and say that it's like a fun animation movie. And I wouldn't be so harsh about like it, the fact that it's not giving me a very meaningful or logical story, like spectacular you know, one of a kind, totally memorable animation, <laughs> which all of those are unreasonable things to ask, I suppose. It, it just feels like it's but, 75% of what mm-hmm. I think Guillermo del Toro is capable of. Gotcha. Cause you, you seem as like a, like a perfectionist, right? I or just, his other works are kind of more like along those lines. Now here's the thing. When I was watching it though, I felt kind of the opposite. I was thinking how Disney should watch this film and learn how to do a retelling of an old classic that they already did. I now, also I will say agree that with that take. Also, I actually, because they, they couldn't use the music, right? That's in the Disney original, right? So, like, there's no strings attached to me or When You Wish Upon a Star. Yeah, Those songs are, are Disney, like, classic songs, right? Those are Disney original. Like, they don't go yeah. to Disney, yeah. I, they I appreciated in the book. that those were gone. There were a couple of references. Like obviously oh, they have the same. Some of them I liked. Some of them I do like the "There's No Strings Attached to Me" song in the original Disney song uh, movie. Yeah, but I actually really enjoyed the music in this film as well. I particularly enjoyed the of the music, the song when Pinocchio first wakes up and he's terrorizing yes. his father. That was great. That felt classic. Guillermo del Toro taking a, a dream and turning it into a nightmare situation. <laughs> oh, really? Actually, it was. I thought it was really fun and sweet and like comedic, and and it was like a really catchy song. I really liked that one. I also really liked ooh, like the end credits song that uh, the cricket sings. He was a much better cricket, and uh, I, I enjoyed that he gets crushed a couple times. I don't know why. <laughs> That that was fun for me. <laughs> he does get crushed a lot of times, and that he died, like at the very end. I really appreciated that. Oh yeah, that we saw everyone, like kind of die, and then they had this uh, epilogue, where you know Pinocchio's never aged, but he's still out there and he's living life the best he can. I kind of feel, I, it was like sad, like oh man, like. Even the cricket dies in the end, <laughs> mm-hmm. which like it makes sense. Like they kind of say that even in the film, like oh how 
he's gonna live on and on and then he yeah but like we never see spazzatura die but he does get very old he's the monkey which he does die you see i mean you see him fade away yeah but like the other one's got like graves you, you see him you see his he puts flowers on 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 the monkey's grave does he oh i missed it yeah actually I, I, this is i kind of wanted to go into um segue into this thing and then kind of use this to go into our final results so do you think this this has been getting a lot of oscar buzz what do you think is it going to be nominated do you think it's going to win what do you think i could see it winning best animated because i don't think there was a ton of competition yeah i mean i think disney did a has a pretty bad year and pixar also didn't have a great year this year either yeah well pixar is disney now um okay fine Pixar and but Disney i think had we, a terrible we, year we had like light year and we which was actually i actually enjoyed it was okay but and strange world from disney strange Proper, world which, which uh didn't do bombed. good at all and it was not great I, I saw it in theaters it was not great i agree with you i think it's i think it for sure is going to get nominated in my in my eyes but i think that it's it has a chance to win, but I think it could go either way. I think it really just depends on if there's any wild cards like from across the world. No one cares about what the Oscars think, Chase. People people care what we think. So what do you give this? What is your score? What is your concession impression? I would say if I'm being very fair... It's okay. probably a popcorn film for me, but because it's Guillermo del Toro and I have such a high standard for him, it maybe, maybe slightly underwhelmed me. And so maybe it's verging on like a hot dog bun with some popcorn in it. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want to, want to give it like a, you want to choose one or you kind of like, I'll, I'll give your... it a popcorn. Popcorn feels right. Cause it doesn't, it, it really isn't bad. I enjoyed watching it all the way through. I just, there wasn't this like moment that Guillermo del Toro usually gives me where I'm like, wow, that is delightful okay. and dark. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually going to give it a similar score, but a little higher. I'm on the defense of popcorn and peanut M&Ms actually. Okay, cool. So I think like I might give it a peanut M&M score, but I think it's like peanut M&Ms that have been out for a little bit, you know, or like old, you, you know, like you get that, you get that one peanut M sometimes that just like has a an old peanut in it. Yeah, slightly. It, it's like off. it's like a bag of of peanut M and M's that have a few bad peanuts in it. That's the kind of my score. But I think I will give it a peanut M and M overall score. And cool. I guess to go over it, peanut M and M's is the highest score. Popcorns is the second highest. Bad reviews would be Hot Dog, and then the lowest score would be Raisinets. Comparing it to the Pinocchio film that. Um, the Disney remake one that came out this year as well. Oh, I think this so is so much a, better than that one. Yeah, don't watch the Pinocchio by Disney, um, or unless you watch the original. But don't watch the Pinocchio remake by Disney that came out this year. Watch this one instead. I think that's my review. Hundred percent. Are there any takeout takeaways? I think I I love stop animation stop motion animation. Actually, I I don't think even I've ever said this to you, but um I got into film doing stop motion animation. Um as a kid, we just, you know, as a some 
some brothers, we would go to get together and we would make little clay figures and we would make little stop motion videos. Like uh, that was like, that was, that would be our like home movie thing. And I really love it. It was really fun. It was so time consuming and took such a long time. It took us like a week to make like five minutes, but you know, it was a lot of fun to do. And I think it's, it's, you know, watching this film and some older stop animation films, the quality of stop motion is getting so much better, but also it's kind of like almost, it feels like a dying art. Like there's, like you said, only a few big directors that kind of dabble with it. And I think the takeaway is it looks so cool. And I think I hope that more uh, directors or more animation studios kind of dabble in it more. What's your favorite stop motion film? Oh, I don't know if I can answer that. I really liked Wallace and Gromit growing up. Oh God, I hate Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I don't know why it never appealed to me. I I even, like I find it entertaining when I'm watching the films, but I never want to put it on. The characters just don't appeal. And this story I, I will give it to you that I haven't seen a Wallace and Gromit thing since I was a kid. But I think just like growing up, I watched like a lot of Wallace and Gromit. A lot of Gumby, even like I guess as more of a young adult, like watching uh, Robot Chicken or you know Fantastic Mr. Fox and a lot of different you know stop it stop motion animation films. So I do like him a lot. So I think it's that's my takeaway. What about you, Chase? To send us out here. Creature design. Learn from Guillermo del Toro because he does the best creatures. Don't obviously just steal, but figure out what it is he is doing what he's referencing, you know, find your own references and then create creatures that are one of a kind. Cause I'm so tired of the same, you know, zombies that all look the same, the same uh, ghosts that all look the same, the same, you know, like, I feel like uh, there was, this isn't as true now, but like, there's still a little bit echoes of this, but like everything for a while became, biomorphs <laughs> like genetic monsters uh because there was this one creature designer that everyone in hollywood used and i okay i, I just i want i i love that guillermo del toro's monsters like reference the cultures that they come from like mm-hmm. like uh i think his best monsters are perhaps in things like hellboy he does the trolls i love the trolls that have like architecture on them those are great. Or from like Pan's Labyrinth. That's like a lot uh, of those. Pan's Labyrinth really great. is great as well. Yeah. So that's my cool. takeout takeaway. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Make let's, better let's monsters. <laughs> well, we're going to pack that up, that takeout takeaways, and let's um, let's take this meal to go. Toodaloo. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. We'll see you guys, everyone, in the next week. That's a review for Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and uh, we'll see you all in the next week's episode. Bye, everyone. Bye.